My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. Hello, everyone out there, and welcome to The Art of Attraction with Dominique Drew. We have a great show lined up for you today. I hope everyone's had a fantastic week. I'm hoping you guys can see me here on Facebook Live. It's a little bit dark where I am because we're in the middle of a beautiful rainstorm. I'm in the uh, the western area of North Carolina. We just had a little, uh, little bit more than a big rainstorm uh, on the coast, so a shout out to people out there. Uh, some of my friends are, are waist deep in water in their, in their neighborhoods from the hurricane that came through. Uh, fortunately, it, it was uh, it was gentle in my area, and we just ended up getting a little rainstorm. So, uh, so uh, very happy to, to to report that, and uh, you know, all my love and support goes out to uh, to everyone on the coast who uh, who may need you know who may need a little bit of support at the moment. So, uh, once again, welcome to the Art of Attraction with Dominique Drew. Uh, this is, you know, this is my sort of creative space where I get to, I get to teach my work, um, which I'm very passionate about and which brings me a lot of joy. And I just love that I get to, you know, talk to you guys about it and, um, and, you know, and teach what I know and help people as much as I can. Um, you know, that's very much, um, why I do this work. It's very much my passion in life. Um, once I finally got, you know, got this business up and going, which took me about a decade, by the way. Um, it was really just been complete fulfillment ever since. It's really just been a very, um, very beautiful process. And I just, I help them get my clients get these incredible results. And I'm just, um, I'm in love with it. That's really, um, you know, what I'm sort of uh, here in the world for this time around. So, uh, so again, my name is Dominique Drew. If you, uh, if you are new to the show, uh, you're new to, uh, to your experience of moi. Um, I help single men attract life partners through personal relationship coaching. And what that means is I literally spoke with somebody who's, you know, very, very high end, well established uh, older man, probably in his seventies. And he said, so what are you doing now? And I said, I'm a, I'm a men's relationship coach. And he goes, well, what is a relationship coach? <laughs> and it sort of brought me back to like, what is a relationship coach? It's a great question. If you're in your seventies, you probably didn't, you know, grow up having a lot of, you know, relationship coaches. Um, you know, it wasn't really a thing. It's sort of a kind of a newfangled idea, I think. Um, and it's great because it's, you know, it's incredibly useful and people really do struggle in this area. But it is also true that a lot of people never really had access to to things like this. You know, you kind of you got married and you had children and you uh, were happy or mm-hmm you know, dealt with it if you weren't happy. And, um, and that was kind of the end of it, you know, and, and we sort of live in this time now where, 
you know, for better or worse, we kind of have these higher standards or we have these things that we're really, um, you know, stuff that we want to get out of life and stuff that we, um, you know, we have these higher bars for, for standard, you know, a higher standard for as far as like a, a bar of happiness, right? Like, where is it that you really want to go? Um, you know, it used to be that you just, if you're every man and your father was a cobbler all the way along, then you were a cobbler. Like, that's just kind of what you did. You know, tradition stood for a lot more. And, you know, we're kind of, we've kind of lost that, at least in, 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 uh, in the U.S. of A, which is sort of formed on, on the opposite, really, or on the rebellion uh, from that. Um, you know, and, and, and that's a shame to me, personally. But it also has, you know, positive attributes of like, you know, what if it's your, your long life to go be a lion tamer and you don't want to be a cobbler? And, you know, um, that may not be the right path for you. And so we're sort of in this time period where um, all these exciting things are 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 happening. I mean, there's so much, so much happening in the world now. There's so many people. Do you know that there were five billion people in 1950? Think about that for a second. Five billion people. That's less than 70 years ago. And and we've gone up two and a quarter billion people half of that was my lifetime you know it's wild it's wild to think about and and you know this comes into dating a lot i've got a whole section in my in my course the art of attraction so i i take people so you know guys who are who are struggling if there's anything that you're struggling with in your dating life then i i have the way through like you can keep going the way you are you can keep struggling you can you know hope that it'll work itself out that's all perfectly fair and valid if that's what you want to do um, you know, when you're ready to change it, to actually not have this happen anymore, then, then, you know, give me a call. And, and that's what I do. And that's what we're going to, um, what we'll do for you and get incredible results for, for my clients. Um, and so the way that I do that is I have an, an eight week training program where I, I take people through, um, through, you know, assignments and exercises and downloadable PDFs and teachings and things like that. And I'm, I'm showing them essentially how they're subconsciously holding themselves back from what they want. So anyway, so there's a piece in it. Um, I can't remember which which week it's in, but um, you know, where I really take it back to evolution, okay? Because and I'm talking about how fast the world is changing, how much the world is changing in a short period of time, and how I just think it's worth appreciating, really, um, how much that affects us. You know, how little we've actually changed um, physically. Right, chemically, uh, hormonally, right, um, in the last you know ten thousand years, you know, and society's only looked the way it has for a few thousand years, and nothing happens evolutionarily in a few thousand years. Evolution's extraordinarily slow; it takes millions of years, which means we're the same creatures that we were one hundred fifty, ten thousand years ago. Maybe a million. I don't really know what the, the most recent, I think 500,000 may have been. Um, uh, I know one from Homo erectus to Homo habilis, and I believe farming was the difference. Um, what, what changed um, between Homo erectus and Homo habilis. And then I'm not quite sure exactly when um, Homo sapiens came in. So if somebody knows that, uh, put it in comments if you will on, on uh, Facebook Live. Anyway. So for some, you know, let's say several hundred thousands of years at, at least, you know, half a million years at least, we're the same creatures. Nothing has changed. So, so then we get thrown into, and, and let's just remember, okay, the, those creatures 
would, you know, they would hunt, they would gather. Okay. They would survive. They would breed. Um, they would protect themselves. They would protect each other or they'd slaughter each other. I don't know. I'm sure there was a lot of both. Um, but it is very much a, a, a rougher way of life. Right. And, and one of the fascinating things about humans is how incredibly adaptable we are. So it's, and it, it, I almost wonder sometimes whether or not that's going to be our downfall. Because at some point, you know, like a lot of species, if you change the, the environment a degree or two, it, they won't survive, right? They cannot adapt the way that we can. And if we didn't have that ability to adapt, then maybe, you know, we would be changing our environment so much or we wouldn't be, you know, um, stressing ourselves out or living, you know, we sort of have a lower, um, we'd push ourselves less, you know, because it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't work. You know, it's not like that, that species that needs a certain temperature is like, I'm going to, I'm going to, go out there and tolerate the heat today. It's like, no, you're going to die. Like (laughs) your body knows that you're going to die. So you don't do it. So we, so we lived this life, this nomadic life. Okay. For a long period of time. And, and then we started changing things very, very, very quickly. You know, within a few thousand years, you know, no time at all, really. As far as, uh, as far as evolution goes. So we're the same creatures who were, um, you know, hunting and gathering and, you know, the, the guys were romantically clubbing us over the head and dragging us back to their cave. And I'm sure we appreciated that most of the time. <laughs> Didn't really matter. The point is we're going back to the cave. And, and so all of these instincts are still just sitting right there in our cellular body. You know, they're just sitting there. But now we live in a world where that is frowned upon. Okay. Last week, a friend of mine clubbed some girl he was into into his head and dragged her back to his house. And he got in really big trouble. You know, she was not, she was not appreciative. <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is that we're the same creatures from that world put into a world where we're all like, nope, no clubbing. We're deciding that no clubbing is, is the way that we're going <laughs> to, the way we're going to go. And I don't think that's a bad decision. You know, that's okay. But. But the urges are still the same, okay? And it's not like, you know, guys, you should go out there and, and cook curls over the head. I mean, you could do that, but you will probably get in very big trouble. I, it's a frown upon, frown upon. Um, so, so instead, it's like, okay, so now, now there's this whole, you know, we need to, to treat women a certain way. We need to treat men a certain way. Everything is changing so fast. And, and it's really our our adaptability that's allowing to adjust to that and not, um, not that we're actually different creatures. Does that make sense? You know, we're born into a world. And so we learn from day one that, you know, that, that these are sort of the cultural norms and standards. And, and so that's fine. It's just interesting. I think to, to, to think that on a cellular level, your body's like, no, breed with me, mate with me, protect me, make me pregnant. Now do it again. Now I need to eat. Now, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we have these, both of us, men and women, right? Um, we have these, these sort of ways that our, our body is, is, is developed, has been made to, um, to thrive in a certain environment. And we have drastically, drastically changed that environment. Okay. And again, this is not a commentary on whether that's right or wrong. You know, again, we've all decided that we ladies would prefer not to be clubbed in the head. We'd rather be, you know, asked out or, you know, totally fine. 
Um, great, 200,000 years ago uh, for Homo sapiens. Thank you so much, Dana, I appreciate that. So yeah, so for 200,000 years, nothing's really changed um, evolutionarily. So, um, and you know, we see these in, we see these in our, um, our social norms, right? So you'll go to like a, a comedian, right? And they talk about how like the guy comes home from work and just sits on the couch and wants to drink a beer and communicates grunts. And, you know, the woman is, you know, yakking her ear off and just wants to talk and, and hear about his day and, and how they are all both sort of like rolling our eyes at each other, right? So if, if you're interested, here's where that actually comes from. Um, so hunter gatherers, right? Nothing's changed in 200,000 years. So, so we wake up in the morning, okay, in our, in our nomadic tribes, and the men go off to hunt, okay, to feed us, all right? Um, and they need to be quiet in order to do that. And so they go off, they spend time in groups of, of males, and they communicate in grunts to each other because grunts are a lower frequency and don't scare off prey. So for millions of years, that has been what has come naturally to men. And that's great because it allowed the rest of us to eat. Thank you dudes for doing the shopping. Much appreciated. Meanwhile, we ladies are at home. We wake up in the morning, we strap babies to our backs and we go in, uh, and gather, right? Equally important, different job. So meanwhile, of course, gathering doesn't really require you to be quiet. So we talked and we developed language and we, you know, got incredibly sophisticated at it. And, and we still are. So you can see how each gender has gifts and each gender has distortion, right? No one is better than any other. That's a losing battle. So you can fight against me on one or the other. It's irrelevant. It is what it is. So you can accept it or you can argue with reality, right? So, so there we were, right? So we're, we're, we're chit-chatting, we're raising the babies, we're playing, we're, um, we're exploring, you know, we're, we're doing, we're doing things that develop different areas. Okay. So yes, when we have an issue, we want to talk it out for the most part, mostly. Okay. Um, some guys are happy to talk it out. A lot of guys want to, you know, want to kind of figure it out in their heads first. You know, they're like, well, give me some space and I'm going to think it out and then I'm going to get back to you. Now, Here's how this is relevant. What's relevant is if you're in the, in the female in that relationship and the guy says that to you and you go, no, I want to talk to you about it. We have to do it my way. We're arguing with reality. He operates differently than you do. Either meet him where he is or find someone else. Same thing on your guys' ends for the ladies, right? Um, you know, yes, she wants to talk. She likes you. That's what she, that's why she wants to talk to you. She, she likes you. So yeah, maybe meet her where she is sometimes. And then when you can't, when you need space, communicate that. Okay. And when you communicate space, ladies, you can go, Hmm, I hear that you need space. I really need to be heard. Do you think we could talk when you're ready? Whatever, you know, but, but we spend so much fucking time trying to change each other. Like, oh, if only you were just a little bit better. You were just a little bit more the way I want you to be in my head. This would be so great. You know, 
I'd be relaxed. We'd be happy. We'd have a family. We would do all those things you want to do. That's not a thing. You know? One of the big things that we do in my work is we learn to accept reality. Sounds like it should be one lesson, doesn't it? <laughs> it's not. It's many. Because you don't even, you're not even even aware of all of the ways in which you deny reality. You don't even, you don't even know them all, right? Um, trying to get someone to talk when they don't want to talk, right? Um, what are some other good ways? Uh, if anybody's got any out there on Facebook Live, send me some more. Some great, great examples of, of, um, of arguing with reality. It's kind of just like trying to force your way into something that's not making it fit, right? Um, so, you know, I'm trying to be a ballet dancer and I just don't have the body to be a ballet dancer. It's a very particular body that's needed for that. And I'm trying, I'm struggling, I'm trying, I just keep failing over and over and over again. It's like some points, like maybe you should, you know, try riding horses or try tango or try jazz or something that, you know, what is the, what is the universe telling you? This is the extra one. What is the universe telling you that you're refusing to believe? And you know, that could be on the other, on the other side of that exercise as well, that, um, that, uh, you know, when the other person doesn't want to talk exercise, like I could be, you know, let's say I'm the, I'm the female in that relationship and I go, oh, I just want to talk. And you just won't talk to me. I, you know, it's probably my fault. I talk too much. There's something wrong with me. I, you know, I shouldn't talk so much. I should be more supportive. And I'm turning it around on myself. Well, that's not any better, is it? I'm still arguing with reality because the reality is that I really want to talk and he doesn't in this moment. The only way to move forward in that moment is to sit in that reality. Just sit there. Yep. Yep, that's happening. Yep, this feels uncomfortable. That's it. That's it. It's amazing how resistant we are to doing that. You know, and because it, it feels uncomfortable, right? Because we, we want to fix it. We want to make it somebody else's fault. We want to make it our fault. We want to have something to blame, someone to blame. You know, there's all these all these ways in which we struggle and fight and cop out and cut corners and it it's just way it's way more complicated than it needs to be you know do you know how you can find your way out of just about any complicated situation in life ouch that hurt <laughs> that was it that's the solution ouch that hurt so here we are. I want to, uh, I want to, um, I want to talk. He doesn't want to talk. He never wants to talk. I want to talk. I, don't, I can make it his fault. He's stupid for not talking. I hate boys. They never want to talk. Big generalizations, images, right? That's what makes it an image or, or a false belief from childhood. Um, or there's something wrong with me. I'm stupid. I talk too much. Why do I not, you know, why am I not? you know, more stoic, like he did that, whatever. I try and blame him. I try and blame me. I try and blame the situation. 
And the way out of that incredibly complex mess is, well, she doesn't want to talk. And I want to talk. I feel a little rejected. It hurts. Ouch, that hurts. And then it's gone. If you sit with it, it will go. If you argue with it, it will not. Arguing with reality is one of the most common and, and profoundly painful experiences that we have as humans, I think. It's like the difference between pain and suffering. Pain just is, okay? There is pain in life. There is death. There's loss. There's um, danger. There's heartbreak. There's disappointment. There's expectation. All these things, okay? There's pain. Not expectation, disappointment. But the other thing, loss, grief, injury, okay? That's, that's part of life. Life moves, okay? Life is what it is, okay? I thought I didn't even argue with it, but not really in your best interest. So you're there. You've got this, you know, life is kind of happening. The pain may not be voluntary, but the suffering is, okay? You can't avoid pain, but you can choose not to suffer. Suffering is actually voluntary. Suffering is what happens when you argue with reality. It hurts more. It hurts about three times more, actually. So, so when that happens, you know, so he doesn't want to talk. I can make it a big thing. I can call my friends. I can call my mom. I can bitch about it. I could be right. I could um, talk about him behind his back. I could yell at him to his front. I could, you know, I can, I can, it's like being in an insane asylum and, and fighting against nothing. You're in a padded room and you're fighting for your life. Why? Just in a room. <laughs> so, so when you fight against it, that's when the suffering comes in. And that is completely voluntary. Like, it's amazing how much your life changes and how much less you will, how much less pain you will be in, how much less you will struggle. When you, when you acknowledge this, when you shift this. It's really, really, really powerful. Um, and I, I used to be very much one of these people who, who made suffering out of everything. <laughs> drama, drama and suffering. Oh God, it's drama suffering. And I was never much into, into drama, but, um, but I was into struggle and my own struggle. Um, I just put a more effort into life than I needed to. And, um, I worked for it. It took its toll, you know, stress, emotional difficulty, depression, loneliness, that was me growing up. Always fighting against reality, trying to control it. Control is a big thing here. You know, when you um, when you have control 
um, when you when you have control issues, when when that's a, uh, one of your main ways of staying safe, then um, then you'll try and control everything. You know, um, I would do that. I would try and you know make everything okay out there. I have to make everything okay, right? There's a distortion of um, me being kind of a healer, like wanting to help people anyway. So I would overly help people, or I would help people whether I wanted to or not. Which of course is not the core quality. That would be the defense, the exaggeration of that. Um, and so I would, um, I would go out, make sure everything was okay so that I could be okay. Okay. So it looked like I was just helping everyone, just helping people, but, um, but really I was doing it for my own, from fear, from fear and not from, from love. I still do that from love without the fear, but the, the fear covered that up. Right. So, so. So control is a, is, a, is a big aspect, okay? When people um, people tend to feel safer when they have control of the situation, and so they will try and force themselves to have control of the situation. Um, and sometimes that's just not possible. You know, in fact, often, when you relinquish control, it seems like everything's going to be a lot scarier, okay? It seems like, um, well, it seems like you're going to die. Actually, that's that's what it feels like when you're in, when you're into control, and then the idea of of um of of not having it anymore is is really um, jarring. Like it looks it looks like you know you, you you think that you're doing that to keep your to keep you alive, right? Like with the control thing with me when I was out there, you know, out in the world, like like putting my you know, controlling thing, right, making sure everything was okay. That was a a, a very young part of me. That happened, I think, in my parents' divorce, which um, we sort of said, right, this, this is what happens, right? That we form these these beliefs, these unconscious assumptions about the world from childhood. And so in childhood, I had this experience, right, when my, my, my father left, my parents got divorced, and, and then I, I needed to control life. So I, lost, I kind of lost my whole family. And so I had to, like, you know, that was just my response. Somebody else would have responded differently in that same situation. And so what I did was I went, I reached out and I made sure that everything was okay, you know, or to the best of my ability, which, what does that even mean? You know, it's like at some point my child brain went, okay, if everyone else is happy, then I will be loved and taken care of and I won't die. That's just where I went with it. We could go somewhere totally else with it, totally different, you know? So, um... So these things operate under the surface, right? And if you think about it, every time I was trying to control the world around me, because that's what it was, right? It's not really healing from that place. It's control. I want you to do what I want you to do because then I know that I'll be okay. And I have to have you be okay. Okay. So, and, and so this is what it's really about, right? Arguing with reality. It's like if you're trying to control things, you're arguing with reality. Because there is, that's, control is not a thing. What does that mean? Who's got control? Where does it end? You know, I can control my microphone because I have an off switch. But like in life, like how does that even, how would that even manifest? Who would I control? <laughs> what? 
how to, you know, and yet I was constantly, this was happening in the back of my mind all the time. I was always out there, like trying to like assess the situation and make sure everything was okay before I would relax and, and stop feeling stressed. And you can give me three guesses how often that actually happened. So, um, so we got a question here from, uh, from Josh. Thanks for that. Can I get some pro tips for identifying arguing with reality with respect to toxic environments? Oh, good question. Uh, multiple times, he says, I've been advised to find my tribe. <laughs> I love that phrase. Uh, and lately, I've been wondering if my environment is also choking me out. Mm -hmm. You know, something really resonates with me about that word, finding the tribe. And it could be because, you know, the I did sort of my, my family unit did kind of break early on. But that's always been a really, really important thing to me. I can live just about anywhere in the world if my people are there. And it took me, I'm 34 now, I moved uh, to where I live now in, uh, about three and a half years ago. And it, I was traveling the world for about eight years, uh, just all over the place before that. And um, I really, I, I really, I started thinking I had commitment issues, actually. <laughs> this is true. I started thinking, God, do I just have like major settling down issues and I'm just never going to land somewhere. And then I found the place where I live now. And I was just like, nope, I'm done sitting here. This is great. Um, and, I, and I love it. And, and, and my tribe is here. My tribe is here. You know, I walk down the street and I'll be, you know, talking to someone I'm, I'm walking with and making a joke and I'll say out the first half and somebody walking the other direction will finish the joke. You know, we'll like parry off it and play off it. And I love that shit. Like to me, that's human connection. Like I feel myself lighting up just thinking about it. It makes me really happy. Um, so arguing with reality with respect to toxic environments, look, if you're looking clearly at the situation, okay, you're aware that it's toxic. That, that's what makes me, if you're using that word, that makes me think that you're, you've already examined it and decided that it probably is. Then that is a reality. If you're trying to change, if you're living with people and you're trying to change them to make it less toxic, and I mean, trying to change, not like sitting down, having mature conversation like, hey, I need you to make these changes because we're sharing space and this is important. Um, but if you're like in there, like trying to be like, God, if they only did this or like maybe if I can kind of convince them to do that, like. This situation is what it is. Now. What's next? Right. So you figure that out. Okay, so you, you're not arguing with reality. You've accepted as if this is a toxic, toxic environment. Okay. First of all, you know, Josh, I know you, that probably is choking you. Yes, I, I feel like you're, you're the type of person to have that, you know, that, that that would affect very deeply. You know, I think that your, I think that your environment matters to you, similarly to how it does uh, from someone. Um, and that's, you know, that's a sensitivity thing. You know, some people can live all over the place and they're, you know, can live anywhere and they're, they're perfectly happy. They're just fine. Um, I'm just not one of those, one of those people. So, so then, so then, okay. So then you're not arguing with reality. You, you're aware of it. You've established your situation. Now, what do you want to do? That's the option, right? You can do whatever you want. Anybody can do whatever they want in life. You can club a girl over the head and drag her back to your cave. Just know there will be consequences for what you do. Okay? Someone will miss that girl and find your cave. Please don't do that. <laughs> so, um, so 
so so then so then you're not a victim anymore. Okay, when you're arguing with reality, when I'm trying to change my husband because he comes in and he doesn't want to talk at the end of the day, you know, maybe because like he's tired. I don't know. That's an option. Um, but okay, so he doesn't want to talk and he doesn't want to connect with me. He doesn't want to do things I want to do. I can fight. I can fight about it. I can argue about it. Or you know, I can, you know, I can make a different choice. Okay. So your so your situation with the with a toxic living environment. Obviously, you live there. I'm assuming moving may not be a, a super, you know, doable thing. Although it might, um, but it may just be worth. You know, if that, that's a situation you feel you need to be in right now, it might be worth just having some time away. You know, okay, I can deal with this, but only for three weeks out of the month, and then I'm out of here. Okay. What do you need? You know. What do you need? And then how can you get it? And then you can communicate that. And, and I would encourage, you know, if you're in a toxic environment, if you've got roommates, or if you've got family, um, you know, to, to, to vocalize it first. You know, here's, here's, here's what I'm struggling with and here's what I need. A lot of, um, a lot of things get um, sort of brushed to the side, I guess. A lot of things get kind of brushed to the side because we, we assume that they know what we what we need. We assume that people can see inside of us. You know? Um, and and we can't, guys, you have to ask. You have to ask, you have to ask for what you need. You know? So yeah, if you're having if you're having a you know, choking sensation in your environment, that's that's real. That's happening, you know. Um, as far as where your tribe is, you gotta go find it, man. You know, and 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 that's actually really easy to do, as it turns out. Okay, you stay tuned in to your body. Okay, so that you're not hanging out with people you think that you should, um, that you should hang around things like that. Listen to your body. You know, I came to my town and lit the hell up lit up with a goddamn light bulb you know the only other place that i'm really like that i'm like that a little bit in ireland but really is is, is italy i'm i'm radiant the the, the, the moment i i don't even have to get there yet as soon as the, the wheels are up on the plane the way there so um so then you listen okay that's interesting now do i want to live in italy maybe i have before that was pretty fun um, you know, is you got to find a place that, that really works for you too, but you've always got that guidance system inside and that works for people too, gentlemen, you know, if you're out with a girl and something doesn't feel right, something's not right. Something's not right. You know, change, change it. Why would you not change it? Is it possible for you to move fast to another area? You know, is that within the realm of physical possibility that you may or may not want to do it? Might be like, yeah, this is toxic, but you know, it's not as bad as having to move. Okay, great. Then that's your choice. Perfect. You have come to a conclusion. Does that make sense? So it doesn't matter what you do. It matters that A, you know that there's a choice. B, first of all, A, that you accept what is. B, that you have a choice to change it. Okay. Acceptance is not approval, guys. It's not. It might really bother me that my husband comes home at the end of the day and, and doesn't talk to me a whole lot. And I, I can, I would definitely, you know, address that sometime when it's not in the moment, maybe on a weekend, you know, um, I can, I can certainly address that and I can ask him to do this. 
but ultimately it's like, okay, is this the person uh, you know, that I want to marry or not? And if so, great, make it the best choice you can. Maybe I can be home. Maybe I can be out when he's home from work. I can go hang a drink, have a drink with my friends, and I can be back and we have been arrested and we can chit chat. Whatever. There's there's infinite choices, right? The 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 thing that people lack is the is the empowerment to know that they can make a difference. Very important. It's your environment, Josh. They're your feet. Where would you like them to go? I remember that from school. Uh, I had a teacher. <laughs> I think this was uh, we had an anatomy physiology aspect of school, and I was in Austria, and the teacher. Um, I don't know. We're in this you know big class, probably hundred people in the room, and uh, somebody asked like raise their hand asked if they can go to the bathroom we're all adults like this is you know five years ago right it's not wasn't like when i was 12 um oh yeah sorry grown-up school healing school um so this is like around 2010 something like that um and this person asked if they can go to the bathroom and she looks at them and she goes well they're your feet aren't they it's amazing <laughs> How revolutionary that was for me. <laughs> I could now thought that was brilliant. I was like, holy shit, they're my feet. <laughs> because I had major enmeshment issues, you know? It's like I would always like be in this sort of like limit, little limited bubble and always asking permission and, and kind of being, you know, I wasn't shy, but I was certainly very, um, I'm definitely a rule follower, right? It wouldn't have occurred to me to just get up and leave. Now I just get up and leave. I'm the one that's got the console. I'm the one who's missing the material while I'm gone. Nobody's suffering except for me. So I'll go ahead and be quick and come back and, and, and be comfortable and be able to focus. It's like even just things like that where you're just fulfilling your needs, you know? Okay, so the reality is, all right, I really need to pee. Now I can, you know, I can feel shame about that or be embarrassed to walk out as if none of these people ever had to pee. Or I can, you know, or I can sort of sit here and be uncomfortable for the next, you know, hour you know, all, all these like options of like, and they all take so much effort. What is your body naturally telling you? Like, what if you boil down these moments of sort of complexity? I don't know if you guys really suffer from this much complexity. I had a lot going on in my head. Like it was not a good place in there for like a really long time. Um, and, uh, and there was a lot of complexity. And this is, again, remember I told you I would struggle, right? This is how I would struggle. I'm literally creating suffering in the moment. And I'm in like a warm, dry, loving, safe place. And I'm choosing to be stressed the fuck out. Can you see that? I didn't even realize what a great example that was. It's like... I mean, all of a sudden, there's all this drama, all this suffering, all this, all this um, struggle in my head over peeing. <laughs> but so can you see, like, can you see how, you know, and then she says that she goes, well, they're your feet. Like, she's confused. Like, I don't understand what you're asking me. They're your feet. They're attached to you. You are the only one who controls them. Nobody else controls your feet. 
where do you want to go in this moment? You know? And just the profound conscious awareness of that was really, um, was, was really powerful for me. Um, so, <clears throat> so what if we took those moments, right? And just looked at the truth. Okay, I think we've got a call coming in with a question. Let's see who's on. Hi there, this is the Art of Attraction. Hmm. Okay, let's see what happens here. Nope, didn't work. I can never make calls work. I always tell people to call in, and then I don't. The calls don't work. So Facebook Live might be might be a better way to get to get this going. Uh, my regular listeners will have lots of sympathy um, because I often can't make things work. See, I'm not arguing with reality. I'm just accepting that my relationship with technology is impressive in some areas and not impressive in others. For example, I can do very impressive things on uh, a Macintosh or in an Apple phone, uh, but I cannot make printers work. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why. I just, I cannot, I cannot do that. So I can either um, fight against that and try and force myself into making printers work. I literally have a brand, a brand new printer in my house right now that doesn't work. Or I mean, it, it probably works. I don't actually know if it works or not because I can't make it work. I can't make it print. So, <laughs> so, so what I used to do was be like, well, I'm the only person in the world. So I'm definitely going to have to make this work. And I would make it work. Um, after sometimes like 50% of the time after struggling with it for just like days on end, right? Like just, and uh, like emotion and stress and all this shit because, you know, I like the struggle. And by the way, the reason why I like the struggle, just so that you know, it's not like I'm just a crazy person. I just like wanted to fight with myself more. There was a fundamental, this is always how this, this type of thing is how these, these things always occur. On a fundamental level, there's a part of myself that saw that struggle as life, as life force. Um, you'll see this a lot with trauma. Okay. People who, um, who attract women with a lot of drama or cause a lot of drama and guys, um, I think drama is kind of more of a, of a female thing. Again, that manipulation, um, the higher, uh, higher Linguistic skills, right? Distort into manipulation and uh, con- uh, um, <laughs> what I'm trying to think of um, condemnation, right? Judgment, things like that. They're kind of harsh, like that's that's sort of more like a, a female type of sense. Um, and and so with with drama, like with people who get into drama and just think this is fun, you know, I've, I've got a, a client who um, who is been in jail multiple times because of girlfriends he just you know he'd be and he just kept going he's like oh yeah i think this is like a good idea he had restraining orders he went through restraining orders i mean it's just like what are you you know where's the logic here um but there was something about that 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 excited him he obviously didn't you know, hire me he didn't want to keep doing this um but but at a fundamental level there can be this sort of confusion of of struggle and life force and that's very much what what i have so i didn't want to give it up (laughs) 
because I thought that then the life force wouldn't be there and I would just, um, I would either die or uh, I think for me personally, I really felt that life would be boring. Um, one of the fears of mine is, is like a, a half-lived life, you know, um, you know, where you're sort of, you're sort of fine and you like your husband okay and he likes you all right and you, know, you kind of kind of get through you know and to me that's that's like a, a worst nightmare type of uh, type of scenario and so and that's an authentic you know core core desire of mine is, is to kind of live in an extraordinary life um but what's really you know you know but it's a it's a falsehood right because struggle is not life force there's a lot of life force out there that has nothing to do with struggle Struggle is is a fighting. It's a fighting force. You know, you're arguing with arguing with reality. I was arguing with reality when I was sitting in that classroom wanting to go pee, and there wasn't even anybody anything out there. I wasn't even fighting against anything. It was all in my head. It's this way it's always been for me. You know, it's all it's, it's all in my head. So I'm there. I want to go pee. I'm afraid to say that I want to go pee. Um, I I don't want to get up and just walk out because that's embarrassing. What might people think about me? And now I'm judging myself for having these thoughts, which I know aren't. And it's just like, I'm just going round and round and round in my head. I do not do this anymore, by the way. It's been years um, that that has, you know, not, not been the case for me. And I'm thrilled about it because it was just, it was just all the fucking time. Um, but anyway, so, so, so then when I, I finally took that risk, right. And this, this is what it comes down to. You finally take that risk that, that what you assume to be true may not actually be true. Okay, I had to risk that my um, my um, struggle that, that that life wouldn't end when I stopped struggling. That was a terrifying thing for me. It probably sounds silly and obvious to, to you know to everybody out there, but that's that was a really 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 scary thing. And then when I did, and I started actually taking the easy route, you know, I actually started making things easier on myself, like. Maybe I'll just go to the bathroom. See how that goes. You know? Like at some point, I think I, I even use some logic on that one. Like if somebody if somebody laughs at me, because that was the fear, right? Is that somebody would laugh at me when I got up to, to go to the bathroom. Someone laughs at me for going to the bathroom. You're an idiot. Who the hell does that? You know, like that's not something that a, a normal person would, would laugh at. And if they did, that's not something that I would, that's not a person whose opinion I would value. That came up actually in a call, um, on one of my coaching calls with my clients a little while ago. Um, you know, uh, one of my clients said he had, you know, a, a pretty severe fear of rejection. All right. He's like, I said, okay, what are you afraid is going to happen? He's like, I'm going to walk up to her. I'm going to tell her she's beautiful and she's going to laugh at me and walk away. Painful, right? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine how much that would hurt? And he was so afraid. He was so afraid of this that he was actually not even approaching women. Right? That's how bad it was. And so we worked through the fear. You know, we found what the, what the source was. And it, of course, it's never about that woman and things like that. And then at the end, I kind of brought in some logic. I'm like, also, just saying, you go up to a woman. And you tell her she's beautiful and she laughs at you and turns away. 
Is that a woman you want to date? Like, to me, that's extraordinary cruelty. Like, that woman's a bitch, at least in the moment. Maybe she's the salt of the earth the rest of the time. But if you can look someone who comes in with open heart, not saying if you, like, try and use a line on her and she rolls her eyes, that that's her, because, you know, that's different. But what he said was, and his heart was very open at the time, he said, going up to her and telling her how beautiful she is. And, and that's how she's going to react. And I was like, first of all, someone's going to react. Yeah, they're really not. If, if you come in open-hearted, that's, that's really non-threatening. You know, I mean, they may have a bad day. You know, they may, they may not resonate with it or they may not be attracted or they may have a boyfriend. It's not that, that no might not be the answer, but you know, people don't really react with cruelty to, to someone who's, who's in, um, who's undefended, you know, not trying to get anything, not trying to manipulate, not trying anything else, just getting up there and yeah, okay. I find you really beautiful. You know, I'll go up and tell people that now. Now that the, the, for me, the fear is gone. So there's none of those conversations happening in my head. My life is a lot easier. It has a lot more life force in it now because it's not all, you know, wrapped up in, in hamster wheels and, and pretzels in my head. Um, and, uh, and, and there's just so much more ease and happiness and, and success. And, and a lot of that is because I'm not afraid anymore. You know, I have, I have pretty much no fear. And, um, and so I'll go up, I will go up and tell people there's this, uh, I was at the gym the other day and there's an incredibly beautiful man. And I went up to him and I said, I just want to let you know, you are incredibly beautiful. Had to tell you. And he sort of, you know, a little caught off guard and a little shy and sort of said, thank you. And I said, sure, no problem. And I left. And that was, that was the end of it. And so in that interaction, if you'll notice there's zero ex- expectation, right? It's not like, I find you incredibly beautiful. Do you want to go behind the front desk and like, you know, right? There's no attachment. So there can be no disappointment, which is why I took off the, the expectation and the disappointments from my, from my, uh, my list earlier of, of natural pain of life because disappointment comes from expectation. In fact, expectation is one of the biggest forms of suffering, the biggest sources of suffering out there. It's real big. It's real big. You know, when you expect something, now you're vulnerable. If you're just flowing with life, you're not vulnerable. It seems scarier. That's what we hear in our voice to kind of, kind of let go and live a bit more vulnerable life. But it's actually not because there's not really any way to get disappointed. You know, um, I mean, that guy could have reacted really badly, I guess. You know, I'm also like small and female and white and maybe pretty non-threatening. I don't know. Like maybe I just kind of get away with things as well sometimes. Um, but I also walk in with just no, it's just like, hey, wow, look at you. Look at you. Good for you. I'm celebrating you. You know, that doesn't tend to elicit defense. You know, I've had people not acknowledge me. I've had people um, look at me like I'm ridiculous when I tell them how pretty they are. That's fine. I have no expectations, so there's really no way to disappoint me, you know? And so I keep everything very light now in that way. And, and there's no conversations about whether or not to go to the bathroom. Not even about scary things like going up and telling someone they're really beautiful.
Are there questions from Facebook Live so far? If you guys have anything, go ahead and write it out and I'll, I'll get to it. Um, expectation is a big one. I might do an entire episode on expectation. Um, but it all kind of comes together. And, and when you start working on one piece, they all sort of start to go, right? Like I, I realized they were my feet. That that took care of, you know, boundaries and empowerment and um, standing up for myself and um, independence. And you see how many things sort of like uh, feed into just that statement of like, what are your feet? So cool to fucking your feet. But that wasn't my response at all. I was like, oh, they are? What? Now you come. You know? So, um, so, and that's, that's also something, you know, when, when people say that they resonate a lot with my work, I'm like, great, that means that you're ready for it. You know, not everybody is. You know, I tend to work at a pretty quick pace. I tend to work best with people who really want results and they want them fucking now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people who sort of want to meander or aren't sure they want to change or things like that, they tend to not be, re- they tend to not resonate with me. I don't even usually get on the phone with them, to be honest. Um, because, you know, my, my field, my energy, my, um, my presence has a certain flavor to it, right? All of our little souls have little flavors. Yeah, little, uh, little different tastes and different vibes, different skill sets, different gifts, different desires. And, um, and mine is, all right, let's get this shit done. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So, um, so I think what's really important for me to, to communicate here is that, you know, first of all, there's, there's a way out. You know, I have a lot of, um, had really remarkable results from my clients. Um, you're welcome to check out my, my Facebook page, John Major Coaching. I, I try and post them and some post those stories and, and successes and things like that because they're doing just incredible work. Um, my clients are. I'm, I'm always incredibly proud of them. Um, and, and a lot of them come to me not even knowing that their, their problem is fixable. You know, not even knowing that what they're going through can be changed. I've changed more things about my life than I can possibly describe to you. You know, my thought processes, the way I feel about myself, my self-esteem, my self-confidence, self-love, 180. Um... My mindset, my outlook, my success level, 180. My physical body, 180. You know? Um, all of these areas of your life are tied in. You know, if you're in a toxic environment, it's affecting every level of you. How could it not? It's your environment. It's literally where you are. You're not separate from where you are. So, so know that whatever you're going through in your dating life, whatever you're struggling with in your relationship life is, um, can be improved. You know, that's, that's what I really have dedicated my life to now is, is really helping guys see, you know, how to fix these things, 
these things that they didn't even know. You know, I can't find anybody. I can't, um, I can't, I can't describe to you enough, like how, how there's, there's nothing that can't be, that can't be fixed or adjusted or, um, or, or made better. You know, in, in every single way, my life is better, easier and more successful and, um, better friends and, you know, great relationships and fantastic sex and, you know, and traveling and adventuring and, you know, parties or, you know, whatever it is that, that is your thing. It's like life can be a grand ride, you know, and if it's not, that means that there's something going on. There's some way in which you're wrapping yourself up in it, you know? You are making it more difficult. You're arguing with reality. You're struggling when you don't need to struggle. You know, that's how you know. And so one of the ways that we that we do this um, in my course, you know, early on is the exercise of just looking through your life and seeing, you know, writing down everything that's gone wrong. Just write down Every single thing that's ever happened that you can remember, big or small, that you that has gone wrong. Okay, everything from I got divorced to I spilled my cup before I know my drink on me before my interview. Okay, and write them all down. Just keep writing, writing, writing. And then look at your list. Sit back and look at your list. Okay, there will be a pattern. Probably several, maybe several, but there will be one big one. What is the pattern? Oh, God, you know, I spilled my drink on myself before my interview and I got divorced. You know, it was divorced that well. Um, you know, I got divorced because, you know, I, th I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to leave me. You know, I, th I thought that, um, he was having an affair and I, I thought he was going to leave me. And, um, you know, they spilled a drink and, you know, with the drink, I don't know. I thought that interview might go really well and I got nervous and it, it got, so, okay. So maybe you're sabotaging yourself around success. You know, maybe you're seeing or something might be, might start going really well. And so you cut it short because that's a little bit scarier than just existing as you have been, you know, for the last few years. So, so look back at your life, see what it is that really stands out to you about your pattern. You know, where are you sabotaging yourself? How can you make this about you? You know, how can you, how can you find your peace in what's going on in your life? Because until you can do that, your problems are out of your control. You can't fix them. Okay. In my, in my group, I say, you know, the, the three most important things, right? To keep your mind on always find self responsibility, take self responsibility for the, for the situation, take responsibility for your peace first. Okay. Find where there's defense. Where are you sabotaging? Where are you holding yourself back? Where is this a part of your pattern? Where is this matching your past life experience? And then, you know, great. That's where I'm doing it. Wonderful. Make a different choice. Doesn't even matter what it is. 
you know, if you normally spill a drink on yourself and run home and, and cry and, and be upset that you're, you know, that you missed your interview and that fulfills your pattern. Great. How about wiping yourself off, putting your head up high and walking straight into your interview and saying, yep, I just, uh, as you can see, one of my qualifications is I have excellent taste in smoothies. And here is some on my shirt. Now, what would you like to know about my resume? You see what I mean? When the fear is not there, then you just wear the shirt and you go, yep, yeah, this happened. Silly, right? Must have been nervous. Hmm. Anyway, what can I tell you about my resume? You see how you just kind of play it off? So, so there's this whole different, whole different feel. So, so go back, you know, look through your life, find the patterns, and then, you know, explore a little bit. Great. Why am I doing this? What am I getting out of this? How can I help myself? It's a great exercise. Powerful, powerful work can be done there. So that's pretty much going to wrap up our time for this evening. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I've had a wonderful time chit-chatting with you guys. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who contributed on Facebook Live. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming. Um, you can find a recording of this this uh, this podcast. You can download on Spotify, uh, it's on Google Play, and and uh, iTunes and everything like that. So please download as many episodes as you like. It's called The Art of Attraction with Dominic Drew. And uh, if you want to find out more about you know how I work and what I do, you can check me out at dominiedrew.com forward slash hello. Again, that's dominiedrew.com forward slash hello. And, uh, and you'll come to a little video that, of me talking a little bit about who I am and what I do. And uh, if you're interested in learning more, I really encourage you to get on the phone and um, we can have a chat and see if I can help. I'm looking forward to it. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Domini Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.